Hello, everyone. My guest today is Stacey Epstein. She's extensive experience in generating demand, fueling growth, and building brand name global recognition for technology companies. She brings two decades of cloud, social, and mobile enterprise technology experience to her role and, uh, as CEO of Zinc. Before Zinc, she was chief marketing officer at ServiceMax, where she helped fuel five consecutive years of triple-digit growth, leading to a $1.5 billion acquisition by GE in 2017. Stacey, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, but it, yes, I am. Sorry. What, what did I I'm screw? Ready. What did I screw up in the bio? Well, success factors was acquired by SAP for three and a half billion. ServiceMax was acquired by GE for a billion. Probably not all that relevant. Okay, got it. Very good. Well, it's helpful to understand that. Yeah, I cut off a bunch of your bio because I just did the first fifty words. We have a That's lot. Cool. It's fair to say you have a ton of experience in B two B SaaS. Yes, I've been around a long time. Yeah, tell us Sadly. about tell us about Zinc. What is Zinc doing? How do you make money? Yeah, so Zinc helps field-based or what we call deskless workers get access to real-time knowledge from the rest of the organization and from the systems in the organization. So that probably sounds like a lot of jargon to you. So let me explain that a little bit more fully. If you think of field service technicians like a, a dish technician who's coming to put a a satellite on the top of your house so you can get cable TV or you walk into a hotel and you're talking to a hotel worker or construction worker. Those are what we call deskless workers. They're people that don't sit in an office. They don't sit staring at a computer screen like most of, at least you and I probably do a good chunk of our day. And because of that, they're away from their peers. They're away from the people and the information that they could use to help them do a a better job. So again, think about the dish guy. Uh, technology probably helps him to get scheduled and and get to the right door at the right time. But once he once that door gets opened, he could face all kinds of different situations. The wiring's different. How he gets on the roof is different. The 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 problem that he's fixing is different. And without zinc, he, he doesn't have a great way to ask questions or, or get information from the rest of his company. With zinc, he can jump on zinc. It is an all mode communication app, meaning he can do a text, a voice, a video call. He can share his location. He can get content. He can get alerts from the company in real time. He can get access to information that will help him solve the question that he's trying to solve fix the problem faster, install the dish faster, get the customer up and running faster, which is great for him, great for the customer and great for the vendor. And Stacy, what's your guys' revenue model? Is it a pure play SaaS model? Totally. 100% SaaS. We charge by per user per month, okay. annual contracts. That's yeah. great. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure you work with a large cohort of customers and you're doing incredible cohort analysis, but for the sake of our limited time today, what would you say like the average customer is paying you per month? Oh, it really does. I mean, it, it can literally vary from 10000 uh, per month. I, I'll give you annual. Okay. So anywhere from $10,000 a year annually to close to seven figures per year annually. It just depends. Okay. Yeah, customers big and small. Okay. And maybe let's then go away from the per logo basis. What, what do you charge on average per seat? I'm sure you probably do volume discounts, but are we talking like 10 bucks a seat, 100 bucks a seat? 10 to 20, depending on what they want per user per month. And depending on probably volume of what they're signing up with, right? Yeah, right. Of course. Like, you know, 5,000 technicians, it's going to be a little lower than that. If you're doing 50, it's you're playing closer to list price. Yep. Now give me the backstory here. You were very specific in the bio saying you're CEO, but I didn't see the word founder. Did you help create the company or were you brought in as CEO? Um, Well, 
a little bit of both. Uh, we were born out of another company that was just focused on a work texting app. So sort of like WhatsApp for work, um, that was founded by some of the product leads at Yammer. And it had been, it was a freemium model that had been in business for a couple of years and great product, but wasn't really going anywhere on the go-to-marketing side. So together with the board, I came in and we basically the Yammer acquired- board? No, no, no. The board of that company, which was called Cotap. Um, so we came in and we basically took the assets of that, of that company, which was Cotap and, um, and the great core product built out the product and relaunched it as Zinc. So I, I am the founder of Zinc. Um, but there is a little bit more of a story there. Our product's been around uh, a few years longer than I have. Okay. So when, when did that, um, kind of 2016, okay. 2016 is when the Cotap board kind of approved the deal to take it private. Or those assets out? Well, it was never public. Yeah. I mean, they were a little startup. So we relaunched as Zinc in the middle of 2016. Okay. I I shouldn't use take private. I should use the word spun out, but that was when you spun out those assets. Pretty much. Okay. Okay, good. And, and did those early folks like the, how did, sorry, how does Yammer connect with Kotap? Because you mentioned the developers came were at Yammer. Yeah. Well, they, they were no longer at Yammer. They, I mean, their background's interesting because they focused on communication. They left Yammer after Microsoft acquired Yammer and they founded Kotap. I see. Does I that see. make sense? It does. Yeah. It does. Now was Kotap, did you have to deal with a big, like a complicated cap table to negotiate this thing? Did they raise a bunch of capital or no? Yeah. I mean, we, we recapped the company. Like Got it. Zinc is a brand new company. Got it. Okay. So 26. The, the heritage of Kotap is just the core product. Okay, very good. So 2016 founded, um, you're in San Francisco, so I'm going to assume that you raised capital, although I'd love for you to tell me yeah. you're doing millions per year bootstrap, but what, what have you raised? <laughs> We've raised 16 million today. Okay. And why was that important? I mean, at what point did you say we have to raise capital to grow this faster? I mean, we, we, we kicked off the company with a $5 million seed round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, the, the product, Again, we had a core shell of a product, which went. Then we spent a lot of engineering hours to build it into what it is today. But we really wanted to pour fuel on the sales and marketing, and and you know the Cotap was doing a little tiny bit of revenue with a couple of customers, but um, not enough to really fuel the business and and get us going. So that original five million, which was emergence capital and CRV, and um that was really, you know, what it took to get the company off the ground and hire more of employees and and get a bunch of new customers. And then in uh, April of last year, we raised a, an official A round led by GE Ventures, uh, also with participation from Hearst Ventures. You can imagine GE has a lot of deskless field-based workers, so they were very interested. Well, what in, happened to Emergence? I'm, I'm a big fan of Sansi, and they, he came on and told me the story about the spinout from 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 TechCrunch of Crunchbase. Did they not? Did they not follow on in the Series A? Oh yeah, they've they've invested in every single you know okay. they're they're still with us. So J- Jason Green is the chairman of our board. So Got it. Emer- Emergence is and and Emergence was also on the board at ServiceMax and on the board at SuccessFactor. So I have a very long history with those guys, and I mean they are in my opinion, you can't do much better than, than having emergence involved with your company, including Santi. I I was going to say, I don't know Jason, but I know Santi well, and I've been nothing but impressed with him. He's a great guy to work with. He's awesome. So you add in the series that you added on GE and Hearst and emergence was there as well. 
Correct. That's yeah. great. So emergence and CRV were the first round, and then they also participated in the second round, which was led by GE. Got it. Okay, let's go away from funding here for a second. Okay. You, you have experimented with literally millions of dollars in terms of customer acquisitions across your history. It, part of the five million was obviously put towards that as well. So let's go backwards first. What are you at today in terms of total customers? And I, then I want to go backwards and talk about growth. Yeah, we have about 70 enterprise customers today. Okay, and generally speaking, that represents how many employees under those guys? Are we talking like tens I mean, of tens, tens of thousands? Of thousands. Okay, tens of thousands. fair yeah. to say between, but, but more than a hundred thousand or no? Between ten k and a hundred k? Between ten and a hundred. Okay, fair enough. Good. Walk me through acquisition again. You, you've done a lot of experiments here. So your first ten customers, how'd you get them? Well, our first ten customers were kind of roll ups from that legacy freemium model, but I was pretty dead set that nobody's looking for another messaging or communication app to put on their phone from a user perspective, right? Like even, okay, but this one's work-based, who cares? Uh, you know, I, I just want to text my buddy. I'm not, I'm not incented to go put a new app on my phone just for work messaging, right? So I was pretty convinced out of the gate that freemium wasn't going to be our big play. We did have a fair number of customers, a handful of customers that were upsells from the freemium model where, hey, the users loved it, but now we want the admin console and the ability to manage the, you know, have IT be able to get their arms around it and manage it, have some of those enterprise features. Um, but we shut off freemium probably six months after we launched as Zinc and basically said, hey, you can do a free trial. And, and we still do pilots today. Um, I think, you know, try it before you buy it has been very successful for us, especially because the way we've architected our app is very focused on adoption. You can imagine the demographic of a field worker, a hospitality worker, a construction worker. These are people that don't use technology all day for their job, right? They use their hands to fix something or they're talking to a customer. So you, you can't give them some complicated, you know, swipe here, drop down. It's really works better if you're on a computer than your phone because they literally won't adopt it. And they will go right back to that unsanctioned, risky consumer app. So we were very much architected for wide adoption. And I think that the free trial, you know, it's smaller company, it's a free trial, bigger company, it's a formal pilot. And they get a real taste of how easy it is to use, the fact that the users will adopt it, the fact that getting live on the solution can is, is very quick. I mean, we took thousands of technicians live at Dish Network in two weeks. Um, so, so the time to value has been great. But yeah, direct sales, right? We have AEs that work the deal. What's the total team size, Stacey? We have about 30 people. Okay, and how many AEs? Uh, three. Okay. And SDRs for AEs or no? Uh, SDRs for AEs and sales consultants also. What's the ratio? Two SDRs to one AE or something different? Two SDRs to the three AEs. Okay. Interesting. And and two sales consultants. Did you, did you, did you hit a home run on that or on your first kind of pro forma, you know, salesperson onboarding kind of projection or did you have to fiddle with that ratio for a while? Uh, I mean, we're still fiddling. <laughs> <laughs> you're all the right answer is you're always fiddling, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're still a startup. We're two years in on this. We're, we're, we're constantly, and, and, and this is not a defined market, right? This is not something that's on 
um, PG&E's list to buy, right? <laughs> and so, so they're they're not searching, they're not typing it into their Google browser. Like we're still in heavy outbound market awareness mode, and so the dynamics of like lead to op conversion rate and you know all those things are a little different than say when I was at Success Factors when. Um, you know, that it was performance management. It was the new hot thing. And everybody, every HR person was, was searching, you know, the dynamics of, of marketing and go to market were just dramatically different, but we're pretty heavy outbound at this point. I've seen a few examples, not a ton, Stacey, where the try before you buy approach has really burned a few people in terms of their CAC. If those trials don't convert at a rate that like makes sense for them. So for you, what, what's your, would you say your fully weighted CAC is to onboard one of these new 70 logos? Yeah, I mean, again, we're still pretty early to everything is so different. And, and, you know, at this stage, any one deal could be an outlier and could completely change an average, right? So we don't even fully calculate cat. I mean, we do. It's not a reliable number that I could share because it's just depends on so many things. I will say, and I have been part of companies like ServiceMax, and, and this is no knock on ServiceMax. ServiceMax is a very sophisticated, almost ERP-like solution, and the processes that it automates are drastically different in every company. You go into a trial, and you are basically implementing an ERP. It is, you know, to say that, oh, let's do a 30-day trial, like a lot of times people get into the trial, and it's like, well, because it wasn't set up to their exact processes, they don't get a good flavor of it. Are you that way or not? No. You're one one flavor. Right? We're pretty much one flavor. I mean, yes, hotels are more used to talking on radios, so they might leverage the push-to-talk feature. Um, You know, a a telco or utility might be more reliant on our hotline feature where you can message to a group that you're not in and, and get to a team of experts to help you right out of the gate. But generally, a communication platform is used in generally the same way, right? Like any given user is going to be sending texts, receiving texts, being added to groups, you know, being on a conference call. It's very to use. It's easy to implement. There's not a lot of we've got to tailor it to got it. your process. You yep. communicate like most companies do. Stacy, we're running out of time here, but I do want to get in some inclination here of, of how you decide whether to experiment with different marketing and sales tests. So obviously the CAC number and things like that are still very much fluctuating. But when, when your account executive or SDR comes and says, Hey, I found a new channel. Can I test it? You've got to use some combination of gut and data to say yes or no on that. So are you looking at like a payback period estimate, a, a lifetime value estimate? I mean, what are you looking at? Um, well, I will start by saying I am at my core a risk taker. Um, and you know, I've worked for the likes of Lars Dalgard at Success Factors, where a lot of our company was built around taking risks and having a lot of them not work, but having some of them turn into the big game changer that moved the needle. So and I love people that take initiative. So if somebody in my organization comes to me with an idea and 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 it seems pretty reasonable, now I'm not going to do something crazy that's going to break the bank, but I would say on gut and on 30 years of experience, I'm probably pretty likely to say yes in a, at a small scale to anything that might move the needle mm-hmm. for us. So someone, if I was working for you and I said, Hey, Stacy, look, I think I can land this new customer at the contract value. If, if the pilot goes well, is going to be a hundred grand for the year, but it's probably going to take me about 200, 250 grand to like get them going in terms of the professional service. Would you say yes or no? 
I would say, I mean, that that's 250 K at this stage of a company of a, of a cost is a really high cost. So Got it. I, I don't think that that, I mean, I can just tell you right out of the gate, that's probably not necessary to go land some of these big deals. We haven't had to do that. So that's what but, I'm trying. That's what know, I'm trying to get at though. Like, so, so, Okay, 20K? 20K. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what I just gave you was an example of like more than a two year payback, right? On a $100,000 ACV for two years, expecting no expansion. So, what you're saying is if you could give me like recoup in three months or four months or something like that, I, that's an easy yes for me every time. Am I hearing yep. you right? Yes, you are. Okay, very good. Uh, last questions here before we wrap up with the famous five. Um, you mentioned 70 enterprise customers. You mentioned earlier, like minimum ACV is 10 grand up to some hitting six figures, I think was your quote. So if I multiply 70 times that 10 grand minimum, it puts you guys at, you know, 58, 60 grand per month right now. Have you guys broken a million bucks in AR yet? Yes, we have. You have. When, what's the next big revenue target you want to hit before you maybe start thinking about a next round of funding? Well, we're not that far from thinking about the next round of funding, probably at the end of this year. I'd love to I'd love to be up closer to the five range. Yep. Um, I'm not sure we'll get there this year, but we have pretty good sight into that for next year. Well, that's good. So five maybe is really a stretch goal for this year. It does something like a three look more realistic. Uh-huh. That's yep. good. Very good. Uh, what's growth right now? And I know you're going from year one to year two and no. doubling a dollar is 100% growth. But what'd you grow at the last 12 months? Uh, between a hundred and 150. Okay. That's, that's good. You growth. know, we haven't gotten into Q4 yet though. So that's, that's when all the big stuff happens. So we, we could stand the chance to have a really, a really big growth year this year. That's great. Percentage wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and churn last, last second on question. What's churn today? Negative churn. How negative? In fact, uh, well, we're just about to close a really nice upsell with one of our bigger customers, and Great. I can't name I can't name them because they're government related. That's okay, but how now. negative? Seventeen percent. Okay, that's that's really healthy. Now, people always get confused when someone says net negative seventeen percent churn. When you calculate this data, is that the same as net revenue retention annually of one hundred seventeen percent? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think it always is too, but I always want to make sure because everyone calculates things differently. <laughs> I know everyone does it differently. <laughs> All right. Very good, Stacy. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, God, that's a great question. I'm going to have to say winning by Jack Welch, an oldie, but goodie. All right. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I mean, yes, like a million. I, it's hard not, it's <laughs> Name not an underground hard, it's hard, one. Well, it's hard not to, um, it's hard not to follow Elon Musk right now. And I've got tons of mixed feelings about him, but it's, it's hard to not be paying attention to what he's doing right now for better or worse. Yeah. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Um, well, I'm going to have to say zinc besides your own. You're such a marketer <laughs> oh, <God. Well, laughs> besides I, your own. I, mean, I was like, well, I was like, what do I use most every day? Of course yeah. I use my own tool. Every Second day. most. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's probably Salesforce. Okay. Number four, Boring how many answer? How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, anywhere from four to eight, okay. depending on how many things are going on. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? I am married and I have two adorable little daughters that oh. I'm trying to raise, raise to be leaders. They're That's, six and nine today. Today was their first day of school. Oh, I love that. That's exciting. And Stacy, do you mind me asking how old you are? Um, I am 
in my late 40s. Okay, we'll say you're in your early 40s. And last question, take take us back to your, I asked that because I want to know, take us back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish she knew? Um, gosh, a lot of things. I wish I had, had thought of this question in advance. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you learn things along the way and you try to apply them along the way. I'm not sure I can think of one thing I wish I knew. Um, Guys, I, don't know. I think that's I a good think one. one I, thing. I think that's a good one. Right? Enjoy the process, right? Make sure you're learning and keep exactly. your learning velocity as high as possible. You know, from Service Max to many other companies, success of factors. She's seen it. She's been there. She's done that. She's trying it again uh, with a spin out from CoTap with some of our technical co founders in 2016. Really a communications tool uh, for many different industries, especially industries where folks are not in front of the computer every day. Thank your Dish Network guy or folks out, you know, on the road every day. So today, serving over 70 enterprise logos, enterprise customers. And that makes up about 10, between 10 and 100,000 seats. They've passed a million bucks in revenue, hoping to break three-ish or four-ish this year with eyes on 5 million in AR sometime next year. The economics make sense. Net negative revenue share of negative 17%, growing between 100 and 150% year over year with $16 million raised, team of 30 people. Stacey, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. Appreciate it.